Hello and welcome into another episode of Podcast 63. It is Season 5, Episode 11. Uh, we are just about at the end of the non-conference season for our Ramblers. Uh, they played a game this past week after taking their finals. And uh, it was a home game against Albany. They won, and we will be talking about that. Uh, and then to uh, kind of carry us into conference season, just about, we're going to give a little bit of a rundown on how some of the other A-10 teams have performed uh, this non-conference season so far. We'll dive into like four or five teams a little bit more and just talk about some of the uh, teams that are supposed to be good that haven't performed as much as we thought they might. Uh, and some of the teams that have been a couple of teams that have surprised so far. Uh, we will talk about all of them, but other than those five, we'll just kind of touch on uh, how they've been this year, what the record is, and what the vibe is for them going into conference season. So, um, Lou, how was your week? Uh, I know you don't have any finals to take anymore. Neither of us do. Uh, thank God about that one. But um, are you bunkering down, ready for this cold blizzard that's coming our way in Chicago? Yeah, and I hope there's a blizzard heading out to uh, Santa Cruz by the end of the weekend. But... Um... Yeah, no. Again, though, I will just make a statement. Um, if I would be legally allowed to take a final for someone on the basketball team, I would. Again, legally. NCAA. I said legally. It's not legal. Um, but, yeah, no. A win's a great win. Uh, we're on a little bit of a winning streak. Um, and then if you uh, kind of go to – if you take away the DePaul loss, right, we're a little we, – we've been consistently finding a way to win. So I think that's the big thing um, that's really nice to see. Um, so I think we can really, uh, finish strong, um, with the end of this non-con. And I think this was a great, uh, last, uh, home game before uh, conference play. Yeah. Um, maybe that's a new market inefficiency is, uh, NIL deals where professionals take students finals. I mean, like hey, maybe North we got, Carolina maybe we would the... easily love to have that back. Um, <laughs> but again, we're not like they that. Would. So. <laughs> not yet um, <laughs> alright well <laughs> stick with us here at Podcast 63 we'll be right back and uh, don't forget always remember go Blurs he jumps he passes out to Hunter Hunter shoots off the rim Rouskin the scores it's over it's over we won we won the ball game Viola won the ball game oh we won 60 to 58 and we are back um, let's start with the game uh, of the week. We only had one, uh, like I said, because of finals. Um, but uh, they made the one game count. Um, we ended up winning 68-56 at home uh, after eight days off, uh, which is, I think, an important note to keep in the back of your head for this game when we're talking about it. Um, but, yeah, it was, uh, I think, it was a good performance. You know, I think we'll talk about, we'll get into it here a little bit, why it wasn't a great performance. But, I think there was some stuff to take away and feel pretty good about. Um, we had talked uh, after uh, last week's game against Clemson, and we had talked about uh, the shooting performance being excellent. We talked about the defensive intensity being excellent, but the turnovers were not excellent. Still 18 turnovers against Clemson. Um, I think in this one we saw uh, some great defense again. I, I think that's probably the biggest takeaway is I think the defensive effort and intensity was there. Um, the shooting was fine, you know. I don't. I don't think there's anything to really complain about, uh, but not as great as we've seen. And then uh, turnovers, I think, very similar. Like it was okay, but uh, I think it still could have been a little bit better. Um, 
so those are kind of we've talked we said we would kind of keep up with those three categories and keep talking about those because i do think those are sort of the recipes for uh the ingredients for the recipe of success for this team um but uh i'll start from the i'll start with the good stuff i'll start with the defense um I, th- I saw a lot of uh, a lot of help defense, which I think is is goes to show that our team has uh, started to communicate better on defense, um, helping on screen rolls, helping uh, backdoor cuts, not not really any of those, um, scrambling after offensive rebounds to make sure that shooters are covered. Um, so like some those are some of the things I saw that I really liked. Um, I thought Tom played with some great intensity down low. Um, he was going up against a freshman big and uh, in, in Beagle, who has had a, a few pretty good performances this year. Um, you know, again, it is a freshman and Tom's a senior, so there, there's some, right, there's some uh, veteran, I don't know, ex- expertise there. But um, Beagle had been uh, averaging like 10 and 7 right around there. Or, or sorry, no, 11 and, 11 and 7. Um, so, I mean, 13 and, and 7 is what he ended up, or 13 and 3 is what he ended up with. Um, 5'11 from the field. Um, so I think Tom did a pretty good job. Did block a couple shots, which was, was fun to see. Um, but Tom was just, I think, his normal self. Um, physical, uh, physical for his size, which is always going to be an issue for him. Uh, and it's just kind of funny that we started there because I feel like the other four guys are probably the ones that we thought we would talk more about or that listeners might want to hear more about but uh i know tom led the team in plus minus i don't see the stat right now but i remember reading that he had the highest plus minus on the team um and uh yeah other than his two missed three pointers i I don't know what you can complain about i mean you know might love to hit that free throw but uh the two threes that he shot i'm pretty sure were i know one was right in rhythm and like wide open yeah one Um, was definitely in rhythm and and i think the other one was just shot clock i think was it okay? Okay, um, and then yeah. Otherwise, defensively, uh, I I thought that like Ben played really good. I mean, it's it's easy to say that because he got two block shots in the stack category, but like <laughs> I still just I think he's he's progressing. Um, I don't think I I think it is uh, he's doing especially well for a freshman, right? Because he's a redshirt freshman, um, where the guys are not having to like cover for him or. They're not, they're not unsure of where he's gonna be. Like they know where Ben's gonna be on the floor, um, and that length helps. Like he's pretty quick, which helps. Um, and he's started to um, play. I think a little bit. Uh, they trust him a little bit more to play one-on-one defense against some of their better ball handlers, uh, which I think just kind of shows the confidence the the team and the staff has in him. Um, and then uh, just lastly, Phil, uh, Phil Alston uh, grabbing a bunch of rebounds, being physical. That's always um, a huge plus that this team really, really needs. Uh, so I thought I thought his physicality underneath and then his ability to stay with uh, some guards on the, on the perimeter is always big on defense. So, um, yeah, yeah. Feel free. Uh, no, I, I like your de- Go ahead. Yeah, your defensive point just is exactly right. Early on, right. We saw um, for those who watched the game. Uh, we, we kind of saw Tom getting challenged uh, down low, uh, and there was even that time where there's that offensive foul uh, called on Albany there. So uh, Tom was kind of taking a, a beating um, early on a little bit, and I think they were trying to use uh, – there was a few uh, backdoor screens that they got um, or at least tried. But 
regardless, there was uh, a lot of focus, I at least thought, on kind of the defense collapsing in on someone driving. A lot of times I felt that um, the guy out in the wing uh, would help down low and kind of force that really hard contested shot through um, some either whether it be two guards or between two forwards. It just seemed like a lot of the shots were contested. And I think that is what really just caused uh, Albany to not really get things going on a consistent basis. Like, yes, they scored a decent 28 points in the first half, but I don't think they were like a string of shots. Um, I think everything came um, pretty tough for them. Uh, so, yeah, I really like that. Again, holding a team uh, to 45% in the first half wasn't great. But I think that stemmed then for the second half, though they held Albany down to 26% from field gold. And I think that's really, really strong. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that also helped because, honestly, it's crazy to think, but they were inching their way back in the second half. Uh, so um, mm-hmm. they, I think, got it down to four points at one point. I think it was like 46, 42. Um, so Albany was not really, again, a few buckets go their way. They were going to be a point within. So to kind of not uh, give up on defense, not really break down, uh, but stay strong again. They put up 30 shots, and they went 8 of 30. That's that's a lot of contested shots, I think, because of the defense. Um, though in intrigue, though, with the defense, I do have to point out, it's like it seemed like a lot of calls were being uh, called this game. Um, a lot of, I think, tic-tac-y fouls. Um, and definitely some of them did not get called both ways. A few offensive calls that um, – I thought our defense was should have received the offensive call, especially since we committed that same exact offensive foul on the other end. So um, the reason why is that they went to the line quite a bit in the second half. They went 13 uh, free throws, so I think that also kept them in, uh, making 10 of 13. So um, I think when you play that aggressive defense, we're going to maybe be, be called for fouls, I guess. Um, I think we should have been called for a few less, but again, that's just kind of the give and take, right? That's just when you light up on one end, you go harder on another. So I think that's just what the level of intensity on defense you can give to a team. You might play a little tough. And again, some refs I think might just let them play and some refs are really going to be nitpicky and they're going to call it. But then I think these guys are just not calling on both ends, honestly. But on another positive, honestly, for me was we had another positive assist to turnover game. Uh, we'll get into the turnovers mm-hmm. a little bit, but when you have a positive assist turnover ratio, that's that's solid. It's, again, it might sound like a little baby step, but this is huge. This is kind of a formula this team has when you have um, a high game number of assists. Again, 24 field goals, 14 assists. That's more than half of the field goals made were done with assists. Um, so that's that's also great. That means we're pushing your shots. And you saw a lot of ball movement. Um, I think some of the threes, again, at times I'm not really going to talk about. I don't think he actually – there were plenty of times throughout the game I thought he should have taken more. So only two is actually mm-hmm. kind of interesting. But he hasn't been shooting that many threes so far this year, as I think. So um, that's something to not really too worry about. But, um, yeah, I really like the assist. Um, again, cap off to Brady at seven assists. Um, he did end up with a positive turnover ratio because even though he had six turnovers with that seven um, assists. But uh, lastly for me, the big positive is offensive rebounds. I saw a lot of of fight to get the board. And I don't know if that is transition from the aggressive side on defense to be kind of aggressive on the boards, but I felt like on the offensive side, there was a lot of um, rebounds. And even then with the defense is like, there were, there was a time I'm pretty sure Phil went up and 
I think two other guys went up with him and he tripped down because they were all going up for the rebound, either whether, whether it be Ben with his six, seven uh, height or even Tom just because he's there. So um, that was really fun to watch. Just like the aggressive to the ball kind of uh, move for a rebound really made me happy. Um, and then of course, Phil, I, I think tip my cap to him with the rebounds and ended up with a double double. So I think that just kind of shows you the rebounds were kind of a focus. Honestly, again, we had 10 offensive rebounds. Um, now I'm noticing though, as I say this, we give, we let, uh, <laughs> we let Albany have 11 offensive rebounds. So maybe we got to be a little bit better on the deep rebounds, but I think overall it's still nice to see a double double from someone. Um, and even Braden, I think had a chance for a double double. So love that. So yeah, great game overall to win. Um, was it a great win? No, I think it was a solid win. I agree with Buck there. You're absolutely right. This wasn't like, Oh my God, what a great win. I think there was definitely t- times in the first half. I thought it was leading to that way. Thought it was going to be a quick 80 to 50 mm-hmm. type of game. Um, and then things either slowed down or just like you even said, and you can keep going on about this. You had a great kind of note in the game. It was like, they just, the sh- we're already shooting. We shot at 50%. 50% is great. But there were so many shots that were inches away or the rebound just fell at like the guys were right there in the right position. So it was just kind of cleaning up those loose ends, um, I think, was also something that you could have easily seen this game be a 55 percent field goal game. Um, Maybe something we could clean up is just uh, free throws. But I think that's never been our uh, bread and butter. So I, I, I will take with what we can get. Right. We can't be picky with everything. But. Yeah, I, I agree with – I think Buck said it right. It's like they were so close to even being better than what they did. And so I think uh, I think that would be something to look forward to for Stanford, to, to see a team that even played better than what they did on uh, on uh, Saturday there. Or Sunday. Yeah, just Saturday. to run off that point, yeah, um, just they, they were so close. Like I, I think that's kind of my biggest takeaway other than the defense is – I felt like we were so close to scoring 80, 85 points. And I know it's easy to say that, right? Like, oh, wide open shots. Or like, oh, they're not that good. We should have done better. Yada, yada, yada. But, like, I truly do think that this team was within the the realm of, like, doing that. There were – it's not even just the missed open shots, too. It's, like, there were times, like, pick and roll. I, I can't remember. It had to have been Braden because he had so many turnovers. But, like, pick and roll, like – pass the ball around the defender to Tom and it goes off his fingertips and it goes out of bounds. What would have had a wide open layup? Like um, another time, like uh, uh, an extra skip pass across the court dude was wide open and it gets tipped away. Like, it, like it, you shouldn't make that pass uh, or just take one dribble, bait the guy in and pass it and kick it out. So there were just times like that. Like it wasn't even just wide open shots. It was um, the correct basketball play and still it just didn't pay off. Um, there were probably three or four times that Phil had had looks under the basket that like might have been contested um, or at least uh, if, you know had a, a guy on his hip, but he makes those you know eighty percent of the time and he missed all four or five of them. So you know there there were times like that where I just I felt like they were doing the right things. They were were running the right action. Um, I think I honestly like all of their threes were open open. Like it, I I really want to go back and and count how many open threes we missed. Mm-hmm. Um, because even like, I know we said with Tom, it was like one in one, but then Bryce Golden's three was wide open, which I don't think he should shoot those. Like we have talked about this, but I don't think he should shoot them. Saints three was wide open. Yeah, I'm tough, pretty yeah. confident at least four, if not all five of Braden's threes were wide open. Um, might've been a few like, I don't fakes, quite remember pump, Ben pump fakes and like dribble 
step, but still enough where he had he was not he was not being rushed in my opinion. Yeah. Right, right. And same with Ben. Like I think at least three of his four were wide open. And again, you know, he was two for four, so I'm not gonna complain there. But um yeah, it was just like it was really close. I think it was really close to being a great game, um, which is why I think I am going to try to take more good than bad out of this game, especially, you know, the, the win helps. <laughs> um, but uh, it was good to see them play. I, I thought Marquise played a, a great, like, veteran game, um, not playing outside of himself. Um, i trying to think. There was one time where we said there was progression from him or something that he did offensively like a drive or something where he finished in some fashion where i was like wow that i haven't seen him do that um and i can't quite put my finger on it i'd have to watch back and, and write it down um but yeah for marquise i mean 13 points uh three rebounds an assist and a steal only one turnover which is huge um almost a perfect shooting night four for five from the floor hit his only three that he took and then four for four from the free throw line like that is efficient basketball and only played 25 minutes i mean like i know we talk a lot about how we want to see we don't want to see Braden play uh 40 minutes which that he played pretty darn close to that mm-hmm. at 38 um but marquise is also coming off an injury and like he he shouldn't be playing 35 40 minutes against teams like albany so that i think that's a, a plus um yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point because it's like you saw a lot more with the bench, though, this game. Like, a lot more. Yeah. Um, and it's crazy to think it's a lot more when Bryce and Huddy only played nine minutes total. Um, but, like, you got Jaden Dawson played a handful of minutes, put up five points. Uh, Saint, um, less than his usual, but still 12 minutes. Jalen Quinn, you saw him a lot more. Um, put up, uh, uh, didn't really get a shot. It was interesting with Jalen. I thought he was leaning a little hesitant with the driving. Um, really trying to, I think, uh, maybe force a pass out. Um, but, um, no, I think for, for me, it felt like you had five other guys out there. Now, again, I have to look back when watching the game, if the every, was every single starter out at one point. And I think there was a close point where we might've had a time, maybe Tom was left in, Mm. but like I saw five guys out there that weren't the starters. And I think that's to your point. It's like, I don't think these guys in this type of game should be playing it. Now, again, when you when we say that, though, do you think you got a little reminiscing of, like, Green Bay? And, now again, a totally different game, but to the concept of that time where the bench went out there, really didn't do their job, so they had to send back in the starters. Did you get that feel? Because mm-hmm. I kind of did. But, again, we weren't um, sloppy where it, that was present. It was just like we weren't getting yeah. buckets. I got it with one player, and I hate to say this, but Bryce Golden. Oh, like, okay. I, 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 he made one good play, which he, he he posted someone up and kicked it back out for a three to, I think, Marquise. Mm-hmm. Um, but besides that, uh, I had some bad plays on defense that led to, like, open layups. Um, I don't know. Did he take another shot? Oh, that, that three. I mean, like, that was – he got taken out for that pretty much. Um, uh, but besides that, no, I quite honestly, like, yeah, Saint played a little less than usual. I loved what Jaden did. I I, um, I wanted to talk about him a little bit more, but I just felt like he was um, a part of the team. I know that sounds silly. I don't I don't know how else to describe it. Like he played within himself. Um, he uh, was part. You know, I thought on the offensive sets. Like I think he was he was where he needed to be on defense. He wasn't a liability. Um, they're they're really. I'm I'm wondering if we've maybe moved past like the Jaden Dawson freshman error miss like um I can I, I can know, see it I get what you're saying I think 
I think it's that it will maybe depend on when it comes to the big games. I think that just might be experience, sure. right? Um, throwing in someone deep water at this high level. But again, just getting that experience, right? Getting it out of you, I think. I think he's definitely passed it for games like this, right? And again, I don't mean to degrade. We're not saying anything bad about Albany, but this is the same level of a central Arkansas and as a Green Bay. That's yeah. why we schedule these games in between Clemson and Stanford to be a little bit less of a pressure. Um, that's why, to me, it's a little bit crazy that um, I, if I say this, yeah, um, you Albany was two points less than what we allowed Clemson to score. So a little funny to me that that's yeah. the same, right? But, uh, no, I, I agree with you. I think the bench guys seeing time and – and again, I think honestly, it's that idea of next man up. You'll have in my idea of thinking is that each game might be a different bench player, it's kind of like leading the bench, right? Like Saint kind of has taken over in the beginning of the year. Jaden, now you see it. Um, again, Ben was coming off the bench, and now he's starting. So there's a transition um, alone there between Saint and Ben. Um, so I think honestly, going into non-conference or so going out of non-conference into conference. The, the bench is going to be a lot more critical than what we kind of have used. I think that eight-man rotation is cool, but these games are going to play a lot more games more frequently too, right? You're going to be playing, and again, we, we yeah, we played three games in three days or whatever, but you're going to be playing a Wednesday, Saturday, or Friday, Tuesday. So the quick turnaround, you're maybe going to want to use more guys. So I, I think it was great to see five guys actually get out there. They might not have total a lot of minutes, but mm-hmm. – Give guys breathers. I agree with you. The The whole point of this was Braden should be playing 40 minutes against teams like this, and he shouldn't. He's going to try to play 40 against Stanford, and all right, so I get it. Um, but maybe the, this type of game he should have had a break again. I don't I don't know how hard tests were. Braden could have been studying his ass off for all I know. Yeah. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, no, it's it's so tough to, like, see a guy want to – you know Braden wants to play 40 minutes, right? Like, that's that's the best part. Uh, you just don't need him to – we shouldn't need him to play 40 minutes against Albany. That's that's the whole thing. So, right. Yeah, I think uh, with the bench, I think for me, I'm still looking for, like, one more guy to step up. And I, I still think it can be Bryce Golden. I really do. Uh, he's done it. He's had the experience. Um, but I don't know how much longer, how many more chances he's going to get. And like – at some point, if he keeps doing like this, where he's you know going out there for six or eight or some maybe sometimes ten minutes and not playing well, I do think there's going to be an opportunity for Huddy to go out there and I, he got it. I, he got some like decent like I know it's two minutes, but they mattered. Those minutes mm-hmm, were absolutely. at I think the end of the first half, and it was still like a nine point game. So um, yeah, I think at some point if, if Golden isn't getting it done in his eight minutes a game, Huddy is going to get that opportunity. And I think you just got to be ready for it. Um, I think someone's yeah, going to step up between the two, honestly. Sorry. Is that we, yeah. we cannot go into it and not have a, a guy of even just someone to fill in for Phil or rotate in between Phil Tom, like someone needs to be that other guy. And the crazy thing is Bryce and Huddy are both taller and a little bit bigger. Now they might not be as quick or agile as Tom and Phil, but just being a presence to either give them a breather or just like, Hey, we're going to go big because we got a big guy going up against, right? Like I'd be very intrigued if that big guy was able to do some of the things he was able to do against Tom. Like they were fighting there. He was going in. So could Bryce maybe take some of those hit blows, right? Or could Huddy, and take that off Tom responsibility and Tom worry about offense or something like that. And I, I do right. think to your point is like, we need to have something in, in the plan, in the playbook 
for conference play. Like each team's going to be there. Are gonna be teams who run faster, so okay, Tom's perfect. There's going to be teams who have bigger guys, and it's like okay, maybe we give someone a breather and let some like post moves and post defense be put on someone from the bench. So yeah, I think that's a huge. Mm-hmm. It's not a hole, right? I don't think it's a hole yet, but it's a it's something that we're not losing sight of. Like you're like you said, you're not losing sight of. Bryce doesn't really have it to this day. It might not need to be Huddy, right? Um, so I think that's going to be the conversation that needs to happen uh, before we start playing Slew, before we start playing Dayton. Guys who have big guys who can move and really make post moves on some of our guys. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the opportunity is there. Um, and uh, one of those guys has got to take it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know that one of those guards is going to – I think the, the Jaden Dawson, Jalen Quinn – like those guys are still going to get the amount that amount of minutes approximately, um, and then you know you got Sheldon Edwards, uh, who is trying to find his way. Uh, I don't know that there's much to say about Sheldon, but it just from the rotations that we're running right now, it just makes the most sense that either, like you said, Huddy or Golden are going to get that opportunity to play like eight to twelve minutes uh, that matter during the game. So hopefully. Hopefully one of those guys steps up, um, and uh, yeah, uh, I don't I don't know that I have too much else. Uh, I don't know if we just want to kind of run down some of the stats. I know I mentioned Marquise. Uh, we did mention Phil got the double double with seventeen points, eleven rebounds. Uh, yeah, Braden twelve points, seven assists. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, just Braden really. Um, I think that's a great segue. It's like um, just something to be careful of. I think these we still need to figure out like if he's forcing. It just it's really tough to watch him get six of 13 turnovers. Um, majority of the guys had one or two. Uh, now, again, the ball's in his hand all the time. Uh, so, again, you can't you can't have seven assists without a few turnovers, so I get it, right? It, it, to make, uh, to make what is it? I don't know, to make some a cake, you got to break some eggs. Whatever the analogy is they're saying. Yeah. Braden, I know, is going to have turnovers. I know it's, he's not going to go a night, in my opinion, without a turnover. That's impossible to think. He's, he's going to want to move the ball. It was just interesting that no one else had that many assists tonight at the, at the game. We saw the previous game, Clemson, right? Um, even Green Bay, like Marquise had a, a few assists that were too Braden. So um, I honestly think we can't really rely on one person only being the, the assist leader. Um, now, Braden's are probably going to be at, uh, over the averages of the season, but I think it'd just be nice if uh, we could see on a consistent basis guys maybe on a three to four assist night kind of even it out um, because I think Braden also needs to have a time where he can be off ball and get into the corner for a three. Right. So we'll see that um, evolve um, for sure. But that was just something really to point out. Um, also then my good thought, cause of course we're thinking good things. I think this is like the first time in a while we've had four starters, double digits or just four guys, double digits. Now maybe yeah. I was at DePaul. I have to look back, but I think it's been a while um, for sure. Uh, so that was something cool to see. Uh, yeah, DePaul, we had three guys mm. in double digits. Two guys, or no, sorry. Yeah, we had three guys in double digits. So um, pretty close to having four. There is, I remember they do keep track of that stat. I don't know exactly where to find it on the Loyola website, but I know they do. Oh, sweet, I'll try to look at like, it. No, but that was a great point. Like, yeah. four, we, I think I pointed to you, I was like, look at that. That's You don't see that too often. Um, because that's something that's yeah. interesting about the season so far. We've had guys dropping back not in a bad way but going up and down in points per game phil's kind of been consistently in that 12 13 range but like ben was i think at 11 one point right dropped what 20 something that game marquise even i think picked up one game because of his depaul game 
Braden now is up there. Ben's just like at 9.9. Marquise, like, got and Tom's been up there. So, like, throughout the season, it's been interesting to see the product productivity of each guy. And I think this game was just like, mm-hmm. oh, we had four people in double digits. That's something you don't see too often. So, like seeing that. Again, that's a really positive thing that the offense, though, can be found through any – not anyone, but – really through multiple people. It's not, we're not just one person's putting up 20 points a game um, and everyone else is six. Right. So I think that's a huge thing. Yeah. It's good to like spread the scoring around. Absolutely. It talks a lot about like the depth of the team. And even if you have one guy that's off, like, well then three or three or so guys are hopefully still going to shoot the ball. Well, you would hope. Um, Yeah. absolutely. I I liked how Ben got out to a hot start too. Uh, eight of the first 10 points for us. I thought that was huge. Um, two threes wasn't it like points. right away yeah two threes and a dunk yeah and within the, the first like two minutes yeah oh minutes. gosh that's kind of crazy to see that hot start yeah yeah he's he's been coming along man i really uh this is impressive i'm, I'm excited about his uh his development yeah um but yeah i think that's gonna do it for our uh for the talking about albany Great Danes, um, but we did win 68-56, and that will be uh, our second-to-last non-con game. And coming up this week, uh, is it Thursday that we play? uh, Thursday, 9 p.m. Central. Hey, everyone. Future Buck here. If you guys are looking for a Loyola-themed Christmas or holiday present, Mini Jerseys is your one-stop shop for everything Loyola merchandise-related. You can get men's or women's jerseys, ranging from Brayden Norris to Maya Chandler. Or if you're not really a jersey person like myself, then why don't you pick out one of their great hoodies or a fun t-shirt. Um, Minijerseys.com uh, is the place to shop, and that is Mini Jerseys with a Z. Now back to the show. Get your uh, cookies. Grab your... Uh, I don't know, get Christmas yeah, cookies or something. You Santa's t- not coming. Take fr- but hopefully Lola Ramblers are coming on Thursday. Santa comes on Saturday night. So. Take Friday off work. Yeah, yeah you, might, take- you might be up late for that one. <laughs> I actually am taking Man, Friday off work. Snow. This is perfect. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> Me too, yeah. That's right. Oh, that's coming. Oh, I know. It's going to be brutal. Yeah. Um, yeah, so moving on, we are going to be talking a little bit about some of the 810 teams um, and uh, wh- how the non-con has gone so far for, for these schools. Um, the just kind of a quick rundown of uh, wh- where we were at the beginning of the year. Now where we're at uh, the top four teams at the beginning of the year were SLU, Day- or Dayton, SLU, VCU, and us. Um, and now after uh, almost 10-ish games for everyone, 11-ish games, um, Fordham is at the top at 11-1. <laughs> Duquesne is at 9-3. and three. UMass is at 8-3. and three, And SLU is at 8-4. and four. Uh, VCU is at 8-4 and four as well. But uh, quite a change, um, and we are going to be talking about some of these teams. Um, I think the first one, maybe we'd just ta- uh, start with the team that uh, was at the top to begin the year, and that's the Dayton Flyers. Uh, we're both going to talk a little bit about this team just because I think there's, there's a lot here. Um, it's, it's, a mix of, uh, it's a mix of playing some good teams uh, and, and dropping some close games and, and losing some guys to injury. Um, they uh, have dealt with an injury to their point guard in Malachi. I think it's Malachi Smith, um, who uh, is probably their second best player behind uh, Darren Holmes. Mm, absolutely. Um, who, yeah, Darren Holmes is going to be probably the player of the year, but uh, or at least up for that. 
Um, he's averaging 17, 17 points and seven and a half rebounds. But um, that injury to, to Malachi Smith has been pretty pretty brutal for them. Um, they have a tough time getting the ball, uh, like like starting plays and, and getting good shot opportunities because of their lack of a point guard. Um, the one thing I kind of want to touch on is some of those close losses. Um, they UNLV at the beginning of the year, which I think UNLV has, has played pretty well recently. Uh, they lost at UNLV by eight. Um, I don't know if it was all that close, but still eight points. Uh, lost by one to Wisconsin. Uh, what a low-scoring uh, game that lost... was. Sorry, just for listeners. It was 43-42. That's a very <laughs> low-scoring game. Uh, it's a good volleyball game. <laughs> it really was, yeah. Dayton sadly only scored 14 in that first half. That was just a crazy thing to see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, just uh, a close loss to BYU. Who, uh, but BYU isn't all that good. They, they've they struggled a lot this year. So even though they only lost by four, it's still – that's not a great loss. Mm-hmm. Um, so they really haven't had any high-quality wins. Maybe uh, SMU is their best win. Um, Wyoming's supposed to be pretty good, but they Wyoming has been playing without their best player all year. So um, even though they just – won a neutral site and beat Wyoming by 17 don't know that that's super um super impressive so yeah uh, before I give it up to you I just I think my my vibe for Dayton going forward is just like they they gotta get their, their crap together I don't know if that's like um if that's a very eloquent but um they obviously aren't gonna be uh, in the running for a an at-large bid unless they like run the table in the a10. Yeah, um, no, they do have a couple of good players, but uh, other than that, yeah, it's just been it's been frustrating. I know for a lot of Dayton fans and disappointing. Yeah, I think this uh, sad thing about Dayton is they're seven and zero though for quad four wins, and that's all their that's all their wins. <laughs> so when looking at yeah. that at large bid, like you point out, I it's zero and four in quad one, and then zero and one in quad three. So um, going to be needing some type of shakeup, I think, for conference play. Um, just tough to see. Um, they, there's no, uh, there's no kind of, uh, now granted three of their, uh, five losses are neutral sites, so that might help them. Um, but yeah, no, I think I'm pretty sure, um, they had just, uh, I think the Wyoming win is their only, uh, win on the road. Um, oh, really? I, had, or, oh, I, didn't know I that. think so. Um, it's a neutral site, but they're only oh, when, like, maybe not it's the, Maybe it's the neutral site. No, 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 that's the neutral So, yeah, away from home. Sorry, yeah, that's their only, yeah. yeah. So that was kind of interesting to see. Wow. But, yeah, long story short, Dayton's, I don't, the at-large bid is going to be a tough one. Um, I don't know if they realize their schedule was, uh, I don't know, quad four teams. That's, again, changes over time, over the season. So maybe they're hoping, again, BYU slides up there. Um, even with that loss, well, those are called four. So their wins, though, yeah, I, I think they were kind of hoping for a few of those uh, losses a tip again. Wyoming was supposed to be very good. Gotcha. Yeah. So yeah, again, but maybe Wyoming they, wins yeah. their conference, but yeah, I think the biggest summary is that they were hoping for a few of those. Clo- again, well, how many close games? Sadly, that doesn't count in net ranking points or anything. But if one or two of those games mm-hmm. tipped the other way, they might be having two quad win wins, and that's a huge difference than. Oh and four, two and two in the quad one, I think wouldn't be a massive uh, different talking point uh, for them for sure. So, and the, I think one of their huge issues is three point shooting. Uh, they are shooting twenty nine point one percent on the season. 
their top three-point shooter is 37%, and I think he has only made... Well, he's 19-51. But yeah, other than that, uh, no one has made... Or no one is averaging more than 33%. So Yeah, no, and I is, think uh, the um, Malachi Smith being out causing massive issue for the turnovers. I think they just have... Yeah, their their assist to turnover ratio is one, uh, so uh, they uh, they probably would love to have a point guard back and they're healthy who can help move the ball around. So again, things that are just tough to see with injury. Um, again, game plans change, but a tough a tough road ahead still for Dayton. Yeah, um, I feel like uh, is that is that all you got? Before yeah, on? that's really it's a t- it's a tough season so far for them. Not gonna lie. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll take uh, Slew here, and then if you want to do Fordham after that, Perfect. Um, feel free. Um, yeah, I think another common theme we're going to hear here is injuries. Um, Slew has kind of, uh, on a different note, has had guys come back from injuries that haven't performed quite, I think, what they would have wanted. Um, uh, Javante Perkins, I believe, is the one who, yes, is coming back from... I think some sort of, I think like ACL or MCL uh, injury. And two years ago, averaged over 17 points um, and uh, did, was shooting 37.5% from three. This year, just over 10 points and shooting around 33% from three. So definitely um, a little bit of a dip in production. Um, and as someone who is was hoping to be their top scorer or near the top that has been a big issue um they do have in my opinion one of the top two or three point guards in the league or sorry in the nation rather in yuri collins who is averaging just about 13 points and 10 assists per game uh, which is just an incredible number for college to average 10 assists is wild um but on the flip side only averaging 24 percent from three so uh, that is, uh, you know, I know he's not a huge scorer and has only made six, but that is not great um, just from their statistical standpoint. Um, they, uh, I think, have had a, a decent quality, some wins. Um, they've had a few wins against, uh, actually four wins against M- Missouri Valley Conference teams, which is kind of funny. Uh, Drake's, SIU, uh, Evansville, and Murray State. Um, they did beat Memphis. Memphis is probably the conference's best win or close to. Uh, Memphis uh, is in the American Conference and they're nine and three. Um, they're in that same conference with Houston and uh, they uh, have beaten uh, number 11 ranked Auburn. So Memphis uh, slew beating Memphis is a huge huge win. Uh, definitely a big time uh, uh, bracket or uh, uh, what's it called? Um, bracket buster. Uh, yeah, bracket buster, whatever. Um, beat Providence, which I think is a legit win. Like, that's a good win. Um, Slew has lost to Maryland and Auburn, which are two great teams. Um, at least Auburn is. I'm pretty sure Maryland's pretty Maryland's going to be up there, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and then they lost to Iona, which is probably the, the rough one of this bunch, and they got killed. They lost by 22 points at Iona. Yeah, that was a killing. Um, yeah. Iona isn't horrible, but, like, again, you can't you can't lose by 22 Not points. Not to a MAC like, team, just, regardless of if Iona's going to take the MAC. You just can't. Yeah. Um, and dropped a close one to Boise State, a low-scoring game, which I know is probably uh, – I think they were up in, like, the last – yeah, uh, 
they tied the game with under a minute left, but then couldn't couldn't seal the deal. So, um, yeah, I think you know honestly, I I do think SLU is a very good team. I I think SLU is the best team in the A10 um, at this point, at least. Uh, I I think that they the arrow is still pointing up. Um, they they don't really have another test before the end of the non-con. They did just beat Drake. I think Drake is a good team. Uh, we know a lot about Drake here. Oh, do we? Uh, at Loyola. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah, yeah, too much, honestly. Too um, soon, too soon. But yeah, they they just they play SIUE, which should be a blowout. I mean, if they lose that game, then I think that's going to change some stuff. But um, I do think SLU is the best team in the conference, uh, and I think it'll show over the, the the rest of the games, the conference late. So uh, in my opinion, the vibe for them is just they got to keep winning. Uh, I think they're our best shot at a um, at a two bid league. Uh, I think they could go. 15 and three or something like that 14 and four in conference and maybe even get knocked out and like the who knows maybe even the the semifinals if they if they start winning by a lot of points and still get a bid but um yeah their their arrow is pointing slightly up i think the vibe for them is they just gotta figure out a way to win games yeah no uh, and uh, for sure i think get healthy quite a different thing with them no thing really is they have two quad quad two wins um so that's great um Oh, um, all their losses are quad two or quad one. So that's a benefit mm-hmm. um, for sure, um, especially against teams that are um, top. So that, again, funny enough, just tip, that means Boise is up there, um, has a quad two or quad um, one. I'll have to check. Um, but, yeah, no, I think for uh, I think St. Louis has a decent schedule um, that they've played so far. Um, I think they probably would like a few more quad – one maybe one quad win one win but i think they again they played tough teams but that uh memphis game for sure helps a lot um so yeah i just think that that iona game probably hurt them more than helped um for sure so yeah look out for them to be a little bit stronger um than maybe the rest of the pack but again i think uh they're there i agree i think they're the highest yeah they're the highest net ranking right now for us so i think they're like you mm-hmm. said i think they might be our best chance um, if they for a two bid league, right? So if someone wins conference tournament, and then if St. Louis, if St. Louis goes like you said and loses maybe the championship or the semi, I think they'd be our probably best chance. But who knows? We'll see. Mm, yeah. What do you uh, What do you think of for Fordham? Give us the the lowdown on is eleven and one legit? No, it's a fantasy. This is fantasy Fordham. No, I would love to talk to <laughs> some of our other um, a ten people about Fordham. Uh, I can say as someone who lives five minutes from Fordham. This is definitely a fantasy. Um, but what a great start though. I tip my cap, brand new coach, right? Coach, um, brand new coach hired over the summer. So I don't know who scheduled this year. If it was Kyle Neptune or if it was the new coach, but, um, their strength of schedule is, I'm pretty sure dead last or close to it. Um, uh, so that means they have the easiest, uh, schedule. Um, again, I forget how that works with like their rating, like, what if they were the last rated team, but Fordham's not. Uh, Fordham actually comes in at 98 net ranking. Um, but, yeah, all their wins are quad four wins. So, cool. Or, sorry, no, they have one uh, quad three win. Um, and then their only loss is quad one. So, yeah, Fordham um, as that. Who'd they lose to? Who's they lose to? Well, they, here's the best part. It's second game of the year. They played uh, Arkansas, and Arkansas kind of gave them a whooping. Uh, close to, it was a good old uh, twenty-six uh, point win by Arkansas. So Arkansas really uh, put the floor on them. Um, but uh, 
They uh, they beat UIC by 14. I didn't uh, didn't seem to be too hard, but yeah, no one really on their uh, schedule. Um, though they be, did beat Harvard. Uh, sorry, so uh, that's that's a win we didn't have, and that's I think that quad uh, three win. Um, that's probably what that is. Um, but yeah, no, everything else is um, interesting. They have Tulane on there. Uh, Tulane's an interesting team just because that's in the American Conference as well. Um, so a win against Tulane, um, I think that was actually their highest rated win, um, like away for Fordham in like a very long time. Um, I'm pretty sure Tulane came in the season, um, rated highly. Um, but I don't think they've kind of shuck out, um, as good as people thought, but besides that really, uh, yeah, not a whole lot. Um, Fordham is going to end non-conference against VMI. Not VCU, uh, VMI, Oof. Virginia Military Institute. Uh, they've played, played teams like University of Maine, um, Stonehill, uh, Holy Cross, and University of New Hampshire. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, all these games are decent wins. Um, I think Harvard actually was probably the, the closest. Uh, oh, Maine, they only won by five. And Tulane, they only won by five as well. But, uh, yeah, majority of these games are at least 10-plus points. Um, so yeah, expect Fordham to, I think, get challenged early. Um, they kind of, their first three games are going to be Davidson, Rhode Island and St. Joe's. So I do think you can see them going two of three there winning, but I think the real test is probably going to be Dayton. If, if Dayton blows them out, um, I think that's cause for concern to be like, this is not, of course, a 10 and one team or sorry, 11 one. Um, but yeah, I think the biggest thing though with Fordham is, uh, under a new coach, right? They have two guys though scoring um, double digits. Uh, Darius Queensberry is putting up 18 points a game. Uh, that is nothing to not shy away from. And uh, Khaled Moore uh, putting up 15 a game. Um, so that's very, very good um, from my standard, right? Like that's that's a great outing. Um, so look for those two guys to be the offense. Uh, they haven't really seen any injuries. All their starters have been every single starter for every game. Um, so for the 11 wins, uh, every starter has been the same starter. So they seem to have a core group. I just don't think this core group has been tested. Um, I think that's the – and, again, maybe you can say, yeah, Arkansas was a test, but Arkansas was kind of a walk in the park for Arkansas. So um, really I would like to see this team get contested, and that's why I'm saying it's a fantasy because I think it's time to wake up from the dream and be like, I think conference play is going to be a little bit more of a wake-up. Now, again, if they roll through conference and you're telling me by maybe the end of January that they've beaten Dayton Slough, we can have a conversation and I can put a timestamp on this. I can say apologies that this team might be more than just a fantasy. It might be reality. But uh, I think the the team uh, is going to be quite quite shocked. But, yeah, that's, that's really everything I got unless you have anything on Fordham Buck. No, yeah. To be fair, I haven't really watched much of Fordham, yeah. and I, I'm like you. I, I do think I do think it's more of a fantasy than reality. But yeah, not even we, like we a will be eating our words. Yeah, not even like a big MTE. So like, it just again, I think it's going to be interesting. I think the, almost the MTE was nearly I think scheduled by themselves. Um, I think it was an honorary yeah. of someone in in the Bronx area. So yeah, um, yeah, their MTE was played at their schools at and their gym. So oh. Oh yeah, because they're like ten and zero at home. They've played ten home games. Yeah, that's the thing. They've they've only pretty much played at home. Yeah. That's that's why the two lane game was the two lane game was the only game away that was a win. 
Um, so so mm-hmm. that's why I think it was a big thing. So we'll see, right? Again, Fordham is going to have to play away on some of these I-10 games, but we will see. But, uh, no, I think the other one um, for sure is going to be UMass, right? University of Massachusetts. Um, a team we could have seen actually funny enough. We could have seen early. Um, they were in our Myrtle beach tournament. Um, and I think we all joked that it had been fun to see. Um, it actually would have been great because UMass ended up, uh, winning the Myrtle beach, uh, invitational. Yeah. So I think that very much would have been great to see, uh, for sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I think, um, it's an interesting season for them. Um, their losses are like losses they should not have lost uh they their only three losses are to um uh townsend uh who i'm pretty sure you and i just actually crushed the other day at united center uh umass lowell Mm -hmm. and north texas now north texas we've played them throughout the years they seem to be Mm -hmm. in and out decent i don't know where they sit but i know for sure umass lowell uh or lal people can tell me if i'm saying it wrong and townsend we're definitely not supposed to be um uh, hard games. Those mm-hmm. games are both home for UMass. So definitely, I don't think they're, I'm, they could have been by games. I'm not too sure, but, um, but yeah, again, though, maybe solid wins. Uh, uh, you the biggest question. Um, they only have one quad one win. Um, and their losses are quad three and quad, uh, two. So maybe I'm wrong when I say UMass Lowell and, uh, good old, uh, uh, Townsend, uh, they might be, those are the quad three, I'm assuming. But, uh, yeah, I think they have wins over Colorado. That's probably their, their biggest statement, um, of the yeah. season so far. Uh, Murray state, um, that was a close one. Um, pretty sure that was, that was that the buzzer beater. Um, yep. yeah, it was the free throw. So if you don't recall, the, uh, Hernandez, um, their top, I'm pretty sure their top score, I'll tell you in a second, but yeah. Hernandez hit the, the free throw or not the free throw. The, was it a three? I think it was a three. No, it was a three. Yeah, it was yeah. A, yeah, but sorry, it was from a free throw. Sorry, like uh, Murray State hit, missed a free throw, got the rebound, and then they pushed it or made the free mm-hmm. throw. But And then they, uh, I think that other one, they beat uh, Harvard, again, a team we hadn't uh, beaten. That's something. And then they also played Albany. Um, they only beat Albany by 14, so, again, maybe similarities there. I think those are two games to, again, look at how Fordham played Harvard or how Fordham responded to a defense because, again, something we played. Um, they also played Charlotte um 60 to 54 so i think yeah i think this team for sure um has solid wins against the colorado one for sure but their losses are weird again the townsend and the umass and north texas are just like this team could easily be undefeated i don't i don't see mm-hmm. especially of how critical they played in the um myrtle beach invitational so this team could be 11 and 0 honestly and they could be sitting um a little bit higher than where they're at they're at 108 and and uh, and the net rankings uh, behind Fordham, uh, which I think is uh, definitely sad to see. I think they play a little bit tougher than Fordham, um, but also again when when they're when they're not in sync, they they lose to games like like UMass and like Townsend. But uh, for sure, um, I would have told you beginning of the year uh, Noah Fernandez uh, was going to put up probably 15 a game for UMass. He's only averaging 11, uh, but he hasn't played all the time. So that's something, mm-hmm. um, he's been yeah, hurt. he's been hurt as well. So that's kind of a summary, um, or a similarities you've heard, um, uh, for a lot of these guys, a lot of these teams in the A 10 is n- not having a full healthy squad. Uh, so I think that is kind of a, just a sad thing though. Um, 
Uh, Matt Cross has stepped up. I think also he's averaging 11, uh, 11 points a game pretty much um, for uh, UMass. So, yeah, I think uh, just uh, – I think, again, Frank Martin, new coach, right, for UMass. Um, he made a statement that I want to make sure I add in that a few weeks that he had to put in, I think, the guys that wanted to play. So I think he's also trying to figure out his team as much as this team's trying to figure out. But uh, I, I think the key there is a, a healthy Noah Fernandez uh, for sure um, can can take this team drastically far. Um, but Matt Cross, transfer from Louisville or Louisville, uh, however you want to correct me. But, um, yeah, I think this team, uh, again, very great, uh, strong team when healthy. Um, but just be very intrigued uh, to see how they do. Uh, yeah, Noah Fernandez hasn't played since December 2nd, so about over two weeks ago. Um, so tough to see, but um, I'll, I haven't seen actually what his update is. But if he's healthy going into conference play, I think you might see some nice guard matchups between him Gary Collins, even Braden. Uh, Noah Fernandez is not that tall. He's only he's rated at 5'11", so I think be an interesting matchup between those three for sure. But, yeah, UMass, interesting mm-hmm. team for sure. I don't think they're a, a, a farce or anything. I think they are playing in, in their losses. I think they're playing a little bit down to what they could play, um, especially when they, they are all running on all cylinders. I think they, can, they win a lot. Yeah, I'm gonna give you a uh, a name here of um, from UMass, um, Tafara Gapare. Uh, he is one of their forwards. He only plays ten minutes a game. Uh, I'm clicking on him right now to see if he's a freshman or not. He is a freshman, six nine. Uh, this dude, I am telling you, is gonna come on. It might not be this year, but this guy's like a. Um, I, similar to Giannis, it, like in that kind of play style, like big forward. Okay. Um, I know that's like ridiculous, but like I, he's not that good. But what I'm saying is like point forward type of um, player. Mm-hmm. Uh, great, great passer, super athletic. Seen some highlights from him. I uh, had a, a game recently where he put up 15 points and five steals. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just saying like don't – if, you know, later in the season when we play UMass and this dude like Gapare puts up 18 points against us, like – I'm going to tell you, you heard it here first because this dude is legit, and uh, I think he's going to – if he stays at UMass, he's going to give the A-10 some, some issues for the next few years. So okay, okay. that's the only thing I have to add. I think UMass is kind of legit. Like, I think they're a legitimate contender for the A-10. Yeah, again, I think they, um, they almost showed it with the MTE. Like, if they, they could go on a run and win four straight games and could turn mm-hmm. up a conference tournament. So um, I don't expect them to be um, finishing the regular season – um, maybe in the top two, uh, you maybe could see them in the top three, but uh, who knows? We'll see how they they compete. Yeah, until they prove us wrong, absolutely. Then they they are still, I think, a contender. Yeah. Um, the last team we have to talk about here is VCU. Um, VCU start off uh, third in the preseason uh, rankings, um, and they have uh, dealt with their own health issues, which is the theme. Um, Ace Baldwin, who is a legit like stud i think in this league at least in the a10 um had like a hand injury or wrist injury i believe um has come back i saw him play actually a little bit i saw vcu play uh i think it was their last game no two games three games ago actually when they played howard um and he looked pretty good like looked healthy um just making some plays and i've seen some highlights since then so i think he's fully back um they've uh they've lost some some games to some, some a couple good teams uh arizona state and memphis 
Arizona State is ranked number 25 right now. They're 11 and 1. Uh, Memphis, which we talked about a little bit earlier, they're legit. Um, and uh, they've had a couple, uh, I think, like pretty good wins against some some uh, some of the lower Power Five teams. Uh, Pitt, uh, they beat 71-67, and Vanderbilt, they beat 70 to 65. Um, they're, I think, they're probably head scratcher losses to Jacksonville, who uh, is I don't even know an A Sun team. That's uh, the same conferences like Florida Gulf Coast. Um, and actually Central Arkansas, which I just learned right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think they've they've had uh, uh, they've had some injury issues. I saw recently uh, one of their bigs got hurt, but I don't know if he's out. Out uh, Jalen Deloach got hurt in the Howard game. Then Brandon Johns, one of their other bigs, they like, didn't start uh, the game uh, recently for like an injury issue. So I know it, it, the injury issues go beyond Ace Baldwin. Um, they're a defensive team. They've always been a defensive team, or at least the past, you know, whatever amount of years. Um, uh, and they really need Ace Baldwin there if they're going to uh, put up points. Like, that's just, they, they need him there. Um, one of the guys that stepped up, Jaden Nunn, has been uh, asked to do a lot um, in, in a, as a sub for Ace Baldwin. Um, he's a sophomore guard, I believe. Had a good freshman year, was like an all-freshman guy in the A-10. Um, so he is, he's pretty good, but uh, he's been asked to do a lot. And he hasn't quite been uh, very efficient. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think I think VCU is in that same category as UMass for me. I think they're a contender. Um, I think they have a much higher ceiling. Like, I think they, they I truly do think they could win the league um, if they put stuff together and Ace Baldwin's healthy and is able to be that scoring uh, plus or force that they need because um, they're going to play good defense. Um, but uh, right now, I think I think uh, the vibe for them is they're they're just not healthy. And if if they're if they're going to be continue to be like up and down healthy, I don't know if they can be consistent. Um, they've shown uh, that they're they're not very consistent. I mean, they've had a couple closer wins. They only beat Kennesaw State by three. Um, and uh yeah i guess some of their other ones were were pretty solid but that game alone like kennesaw state's not very good so um so yeah i i think vcu is good i think they're a top three team probably they probably slot in at three for me uh right now um and i do think they have the potential to win the league um but uh kind of like some other teams they're just very inconsistent so um, yeah, Lou, any thoughts on, on VCU? Yeah, no, kind of crazy inconsistent. Um, I think, honestly, uh, that they could be a team with a way a few losses. Again, the Jacksonville one, um, for sure. That's, I don't know how good Temple is, so I don't want to say. Um, but um, their only losses really could be to just Memphis and Arizona State. Um, and that would not look bad at all. <laughs> Um, so I think this is very interesting, but again, uh, kind of close again, Pittsburgh, they only won by four. So Pittsburgh, again, you always hear, but I don't think they've ever lived up since, uh, the coach from Duke went there. So yeah. Um, a name I want to throw out, um, just because it's, it's crazy again, Baldwin, when he's, when he plays, he averages 13. Um, but, uh, it looks like just, I think for me, it'd be like, David Shriver, uh, again, guys who play all 12 games only starts one game. So my thing is when I see this, 
Do you think you're just going to have a different group starting if guys aren't healthy? Is this what you're going to see? Shriver is the guy that stepped in when Johns ha- couldn't start this last game. That's what I was talking so about. So it was an injury issue. There. So, yeah. So that's yeah. going to be something. Again, this team, I feel like this team more than anyone, I, I everyone's getting it. So we're going to see different. Knock on wood. Again, you don't want any. I want I want to play everyone at full strength, honestly, um, and healthy. But, yeah, yeah this is a really t- seems to be a trending category, which they tend to have. Um, I wish also some Twitter people did some detailed research to understand why. Um, uh, maybe teams lose because they don't have a full healthy squad, and that's that's kind of the case here. So that's a really interesting thing. Um, yeah, it, it is. It's just tough to see for sure. But yeah, that Kennesaw State game that that's that's intriguing. To only win by three for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So I think uh, just kind of running down the rest of the list real quick. Um. You know, we, we can start with us. I mean, I think, you know, I don't want to I don't want to get too detailed here because I know we could talk about us for a while. But being fourth in the league, pick fourth in the league to now um, being six and five, I think we'll learn a lot in this next game against Stanford. But I do think we are competing for I think we are competitive enough to, to be at that top. And, and like if, if things click, if the offense clicks um, and people stay healthy and, and we see that progression that we've seen, I do think it's still possible for us to. Uh, win the league just based on how inconsistent the rest of the teams have been. Uh, but we have a lot of things to get uh, right. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, Lou, if you want to talk about us real quick just before we get to the other Yeah, teams. I think uh, we've definitely under uh, underperformed, um, not to the level, again, we kind of expected to be at this high level maybe potentially, and I, I knew we wouldn't, um, but I didn't expect maybe this kind of a gut-wrenching start. Um, but I think it's a reality check, and – I agree 100%. I don't think uh, uh, a chance to win is out of reach um, for sure. I think there, this, this is going to be a very uh, one to two game type of like could break you from six to third. Like it could be a massive drops um, and back and forth when it comes to conference play for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, next on the list, I'll just run a couple down. Um, if you want to say something, go ahead. Or if you want to do it a couple after that, but um, Duquesne nine and three, a couple good wins. They beat DePaul, they beat Indiana State, um, and uh, yeah, I think I think they're they're decent. I'm just not. I'm even less convinced in them than Fordham, and I think they're both kind of in that same boat. Um, so yeah, for me, Duquesne, uh, not super worried about them, but definitely in the middle pack. Uh, a couple more middle pack teams: Davidson and George Mason. Um, Davidson played uh, Purdue really tough. Well, couldn't they just um, win it? I couldn't think... they have just won it? I know, right? Yeah. Um, they have a couple good players. I mean, Foster Lawyers, legit, like very, very good. Um, but beyond that, I know they've had uh, issues with consistency um, and uh, just like depth of their roster. Um, so for me, Davidson is, again, in that middle of the pack. Um, George Mason is probably similar to us, to Loyola, and I definitely thought they were going to be better. Uh, Josh Oduro, their their big, um, I thought would be a lot more efficient. Um, and Victor Bailey Jr., a transfer from Tennessee, I believe, um, is just hasn't been uh, as effective as a lead guard for them as as they thought. So um, George Mason and Loyola, I think, are in the same, but I don't think George Mason has as high of a ceiling as we do. I don't think that George Mason can win the league, but uh, yeah, maybe finish fourth or fifth. I think that's that's possible for them. Um, yeah, I don't know if you want to say anything about those or if you want to. Uh, I think just for them, it was just Kim English. I think 
Uh, we people had a lot of higher expectations for him, um, and I just don't think they're really committing to it. Just it's it's just tough um, for sure for them. Uh, do you want me to talk about a couple more? Or do you want to talk about some? Yeah, I think. Um, well, just all of them we want to go through really quick, or just top down. So we got we got Bonnie's, we got LaSalle, we got yeah. Richmond, St. George. Bonnie's is for sure probably going to be the next one. People are going to be confused. What's going on? Uh, yeah, I think this is a team that didn't really uh, gather too many uh, recruits or either transfers. Um, I think they lost a lot um, of their scoring and a lot of their good players. Um, and they're just having a tough battle. Um, they're on a three-game losing streak. Uh, lost to just Siena today, or right, I believe it was. Um, yeah. Lost to Florida Gulf Coast. Lost to Iona. Um, granted, though, another A-10 team has. But um, they did beat Notre Dame, which is kind of a, a great win. But Notre Dame is a team that really, I think, hasn't also played too many great teams yet. So maybe that might turn out great for them if they have a great ACC run. But besides that, um, uh, yes, Bonnie's have the lost Canisius. Los Angeles, uh, South Dakota State, which could be great. So, yeah, just a tough one. I'm even saying this kind of with a crooked smile uh, just because it's such a weird kind of group. Um, though they need to finish strong, they get you and I, so we know much about you and I, and there we go. Bonnie's just, again, shocker, but not really living up to the NIT run they had last year. Yeah. And then um, um, St. Joe's. You go for uh, it. I think St. Joe's wasn't really going to have – uh, that great of a year, um, not really thinking they really had much in uh, in I don't know in the tank. I guess is the best way. Um, they Billy Lang. I, I think people had pretty high hopes maybe this year, um, but I, I I know that I think this is just going to be another tough one for him. I don't think he's had a winning record at St. Joe's, and this could maybe be that final kind of nail in the coffin. Um, so yeah, they haven't, in my opinion played too impressive they they got crushed by houston um nova beat them so not not really great uh they beat st peter's just a shout out but st peter's doesn't really have anyone left so yeah not not too great for st joe's um and then a quick one for me i really don't know how much more you can summon up um lasalle um i think lasalle is just in a waiting period um i'm pretty sure um that um the head coach friend Dunphy, he pretty much said, I think he was just like doing this as an interim to help them out. Cause again, LaSalle was his alma mater. So don't expect LaSalle to uh, kind of be that kind of crazy jump out. They have not played anyone um, and have not really won against anything special. So yeah, that's kind of a quick, again, we're kind of getting the bottom um, though teams buck. I don't think you expected at the bottom or at least, I, I don't know. I don't think we expected them to start off this poorly. Richmond and Rhode Island. Um, yeah. Richmond, um, I just for a team that was in the NCAA tournament and made a little bit of a run, um, they definitely, again, I remember you and I, we talked about their starting hot, beating Northern Iowa, but that quickly um, lost its luster with Charleston beating them. But Charleston's a pretty good team, actually. Uh, so that might turn out to be mm-hmm. um, a, a decent um decent win or loss for them in a way right uh though charleston i think's had some setbacks recently but i think they're off to a they beat virginia tech i remember that charleston so um that's a pretty big one but overall yeah LaSalle or sorry um richmond just i think maybe people had high expectations just to maybe run it back um i didn't expect them to run it back i don't know about yourself 
Um, they did just get blown out by uh, Clemson, a team who we beat. Though then Richmond beat Drake, which we know quite well. A lot of A10 MVC this year. I don't know if we want to yeah. recommend a, a conference kind of a, a, a tournament thing. I don't, but um, it seems like we play them this year. Um, but yeah, Richmond just a little bit of shocker, I think, to some people. Um, just again, the games they've lost are tis good teams. I think the only one that would be questioned is they got blown out by Toledo by 23. Um, but I know Toledo's up there, and then I think they lost a bye game to William and Mary. I think that was um, so a, a tough one there for sure. But yeah, no, and I think last is um, what do we got? Rhode Island um, up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rhode Island is a team that I don't know. I think um, honestly, uh, Miller. Did I expect him to be off to a great start? No, but I don't think I expected them to have a losing record. Um, they lost to teams like Brown um, and uh, I guess like Texas State maybe in Quinnipiac. That's games they should have won. Uh, they lost to Kansas State by big. That was a pretty solid team. I think they're going to be out. Lost to Boston College um, in Providence. Um, so yeah, they also lost to Georgia State. I don't think that. So Rhode Island I think is an interesting one. I think Archie Miller's just in that first year. So maybe expect a guy like Archie Miller to be able to recruit and get different types of guys. Um, but, yeah, I think Rhode Island uh, definitely wasn't in my top half of the league, but I didn't expect them to be kind of the worst record. I'm pretty sure they have the worst record right now in daytime. Yeah, so do. I don't think I expected that at all. But, but with LaSalle, Richmond, and St. Joe's, I think LaSalle and St. Joe's kind of fit there. Um, I think – the funniest thing, as I say, Rhode Island's the last. I expected Fordham almost in this position, and Fordham is in the top. So things can change rap- yeah. rapidly. I think the summary is honestly for me is like the first half is the first half, and conference play could easily change. And you could see a lot of these teams maybe flip flop from bottom half. Like I, I honestly think Richmond maybe could make a run again. Just again, like you said, if, if another squad's not healthy, take advantage of that potentially. Who knows, right? You could have Dayton take away from the, the Dayton's in the bottom half. Um, Dayton could easily jump up, and we're also in the bottom half, right? So I think this conference is going to definitely get a wake up call with teams taking it, taking fight to really get back into the fight of the top five, even. Yeah, here's my thing with the, the bottom teams: um, LaSalle, St. Joe's, Rhode Island. I think those are in, in Richmond. All right, you could throw in there. The only difference is Richmond has a stud in Tyler Burton. And so I think they can win any game. Like, I, like you know, they're not going to win every game. But, but with him and having the ball one stud. Okay. Right. If, if you get a close game, like, putting in your stud's hands, he's probably, he might make something happen. So that's my only differential. And you mentioned that you think Richmond could make a move. I agree with you. I think they could surprise some people and maybe make it to, like, the semis of the A-10 tournament or something. Mm. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of all I have. Um, I, I think that's... Uh, it's a lot about the A10. Well, and then yeah, coming into uh, into next week's episode, we're gonna be talking about the one game we have, and then uh, get a little bit uh, more into the A10 and just talk about uh, the conference um, schedule. We'll talk about our conference schedule and like what we got coming up. Um, some of the games we're kind of looking forward to, um, and then uh, maybe a couple of a uh, couple teams that we're worried about. So. Uh, we will talk about that next week. Uh, Lou, any last thoughts before we sign off for the night? Just bring that storm to Santa Cruz. That's all I'm saying. A.K.A. the team being the storm, yeah. not an actual. I don't want them stuck in Santa Cruz for Christmas. 
No, I hope they fly out well before that blizzard. Oh, I'm I'm expecting I'm expecting again. They don't have classes right now, so I would expect. Uh, True. Again, I know Drew listens. Totally, Drew, you're listening, or Pat Wallace, someone's listening. Um, fly out tomorrow, a midday or uh, tomorrow night. Uh, get on that flight. Uh, you might have to pay for an extra hotel night, but I think that'd be better than getting your flight canceled. Um, sadly, I think we might uh, have to stay that night, Thursday night in. Uh, in santa cruz which i don't think yeah they might have to stay another day and well i mean it is a bummer it's a holiday week. yeah i think that's the thing maybe again last year we saw guys um splitting for the holidays um after what was it the vanderbilt game was the game right before so maybe that was the same this year but yeah no uh bring that fight santa cruz um and play in stanford yeah sounds good um well thank you all for listening and don't forget always remember Go Blurs.